Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Before we get going on this episode, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, Cody Nelson, my friend of 20 plus years. I call him the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you guys have any optics needs at all, whether it be binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, anything to do with glassing, give the glassing guru a call. You can reach Cody at 702-847-8747. That's extension 2. You can email him at optics at gohunt.com or you can text him directly on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Ask him any question either by text or by call. I want to thank Cody for all the work that he does with the J. Scott Outdoors podcast listeners. I also want to remind you guys it's application season. There's not a better hunting resource than the Go Hunt Insider. Uh, For a free trial, you can go to gohunt.com forward slash jscott. You can also get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card when signing up. I want to thank kuyu.com, kuyu ultralight hunting. Kuyu is the ultralight hunting gear that I've been wearing since 2010. Uh, go to KUIU.com and you can order directly. It's a direct-to-consumer uh, brand and they have phenomenal gear there at KUIU.com. I uh, also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott21 promo code to get 10% off on all orders. Also, Apex Ammunition. During turkey season, uh, the podcast gets sponsored by Apex Ammunition. Go to Apex Munition. Dot com. It's the home of the TSS, the Tungsten Super Shot. Uh, it's the best turkey uh, loads on the market. Go to apexmunition.com. Uh, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I also want to let you guys know that are listening for uh, Colorado um, information. I actually have a few elk and mule deer uh, tags available in Colorado on private land if you guys have an interest also doing an elk bear um, archery combo uh, reach out to me at jscottoutdoors uh, on instagram uh, or jscottoutdoors at gmail.com reach out and uh, for more information i'll be happy to share it with you let's get right to this episode guys welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast i've got jason bond of bond trophy outfitters on the line jason how you doing doing great jay how about you good um it's been about a month down there turkey hunting in mexico gould's turkey and the regulations for arizona came out and i want to get you on the line here and talk about uh i'm sure you're already fielding calls from hunters uh what we're looking at here in the state of arizona with the application period you know coming up here i think the second tuesday in in june um where are we at right now as far as you're concerned uh i'm pretty excited about this year personally yeah getting quite a few calls and uh yeah we got about a month or so to get put in they opened it up yesterday i believe it was yesterday so it's up and running, and you can start putting in. Uh, we are, you know, dealing with the lack of moisture this year, but I, I, I still have some fairly high hopes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a stellar year by any means, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun time, and the guys with a lot of points might want to be sitting out this year. So so with that being said, you're saying be cautiously optimistic of, of you know, you're, a, you're an optimistic person, but you also are, are – 
knowing that we're in a severe drought. And so what you're saying is maybe guys on the strip or maybe guys with max points, maybe those guys really consider kind of sheltering their points, but the other people you're saying, you know, go for it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think it gives guys the opportunity to draw that strip and the bonus pass sitting two or three below max. Um, because there's so many guys that are going to sit out this year. Um, you know, if you look at the point things specifically for the residents, you know, 24 is our max. Now there's three guys sitting with 24, two sitting with 23, 11 sitting with 22. And then we're down, we start jumping up to 24, 48, 59, 72. So if you're one of those guys sitting with 11 people in your pool with 22 points, you're pretty much guaranteed a 13B or 13A tag almost any year you put in at this point. Um, so I think those numbers are going to drop. Those guys are going to sit out this year. Um, I really think that 19, 18, 21 are going to be guys that have a, a, a fairly decent chance of drawing that tag without waiting another 10 years this year. What are you thinking so, as far as the – let's talk specifically about the strip with, with what happened last year on the hunts um with the people that probably sat out some of the draw last year as well or turned their tag back in um how bad do you think these deer are going to be affected by drought as far as the antler growth you know i don't think it's going to be any better than last year um we had that kind of same play out of of 2019 with the just a terrible monsoon again in 2020, not much moisture in the fall of 2019, not much in the fall of 2020, probably drier this winter than we were in 2020 because we had that giant storm there at the end of, well, first of December in 2019. Um, this year we didn't have a significant storm like that that was three foot plus. So we had, you know, probably a little less moisture going into this this spring than we did the year before now here in flagstaff and on the kaibab i was going through there last week it's greened up quite a bit um so the vegetation's there the strip i worry about i mean i'm sure it greened up out there uh, i had a buddy out there turkey hunt he said it certain spots are green certain spots look like moonscape so i don't think the strip is going to boom by any means uh with the beating they took in 2019 with every big deer getting just mowed down um 2020 kind of went the same way that we, we've got several great great big bucks that made it through 2020 on the strip um i, I don't know that i expect them to explode but there's going to be some great bucks to hunt you talk about driving through the Kayabab with the big fire that the Kayabab had. How do you anticipate, and it looks like they've dropped the late hunt tags on the west side. Um, what are your th thoughts on the Kayabab? I, th I think the Kayabab is going to be good. Um, you know, looking at that, the Mangum fire from last year, you know, burned quite a bit of that kind of mid-range and some of the top and went into 12B west. That's really greened up um, the last two weeks, and I'm expecting you know deer to be piling in there, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that here in the next couple of years, not this year, but more so in the next two or three years, because we had that worm fire from oh 10, 12 years ago, whenever that was, 
um, they concentrate so many hunters in there. I think this is going to spread a lot of guys out, and the Kaibab is going to be a great place to be looking at for an early hunt for guys that don't want to sit around and wait for a late hunt. So it's going to open up some more glass, and it's going to you know concentrate some more deer and spread some hunters out on the early hunt. The late hunt, um, you know, it could affect that 12B west a little bit with, with that transition zone burn. If the feed is super good in that transition, and those deer are pushing down to 12b my question is you know are they going to hold up in that burn because the feed is going to be so good going down and then they kind of border up on that 12b 12a west are they going to are they going to pile into 12b through there are they going to hold up into 12a west yeah so i mean it's if if we don't get much monsoon early monsoon and it doesn't really blow up and and green up they could run right through there right but if all of a sudden exactly. we get some early monsoons um it may slow those deer progression down into 12b i think that's what you're saying right exactly and if the feed's not very good in 12b they're going to hold up there so that you know that's yet to be seen just because it burns so much of the border of 12a west and 12b west um kind of right in that transition zone where they're going to migrate through um if that feeds phenomenal right there in that burn you know, that 12A West stuff on the late hunt might might be unbelievable in there. Um, there's still going to be, no no doubt about it, 12B is not going to be vacant of deer by any means, but are they going to be there in the numbers that they have in the past because of that burn? I don't know. Um, it kind of depends on the vegetation and the feed down in 12B also. What do you think about 12A West as far as deer quality this year? Um, size I think it's bucks? You know, I think it's great. We were up there shed hunting and, and looking around. Uh, we saw we saw some phenomenal bucks that made it through, you know, last year. Um, we killed, you know, just a giant last year on the late hunt, a 225-inch deer. Um, I, I, I think I think 12A West is phenomenal. I think 12B West is phenomenal. I think both units are great and, and have the potential of producing, you know, just absolute giant deer like they have in the past. So when you look at potentially the, you know, someone, I think I've got 20 points. You, you look at the strip, the beating that it took a couple of years ago, it's still the strip. There's no place like the strip, but you know, would you consider someone like me? Would you consider someone in my, you know, point standing that maybe would lean towards a 12 a West or a 12 B West late hunt? and you know have a chance at a 200 inch buck maybe a little bit better um or do you say put those points back in your pocket and just put your blinders on and and preference point it and keep right on going <laughs> i i would preference point it and keep on going there's nothing like a strip deer um it's it's two different deer uh, and, and it's so hard to explain to guys until you walk up on one and it's got a hundred pounds on a on a kaibab deer um and it's got you know six inch bases compared to four and a half inch bases um th there's nothing like a kaibab or a strip deer compared to a kaibab deer kaibab deer are impressive but they're just not this majestic beast walking around that's seven years old that that you find on the strip i mean it's there's nothing like a strip deer with 20 points i mean you've only got 70 people in front of you um 
well, actually, actually like 35 people in front of you, and you know the top three bonus point people aren't even going to apply this year, so there's only one bonus pass ahead of you, and there's 24 in it. So, so guys, it, it, you, got, you hope that in that position that you know all of a sudden we have a boomer monsoon, and you know then, exactly then you go into the draw next year potentially with with half as many people in front of you, and now you're gaining on it. Exactly. That that's the that's the position I would take, and I, I would, you know, depending on my age, on a on a guy with twenty points, um, if he wants to draw within the next five years, I'd probably be applying this year, <clears throat> take a chance on you know maybe a storm or two by the time the monsoons hit, and then a good monsoon, you probably have plenty of bucks to hunt if you're content shooting a two hundred to two hundred ten, two hundred fifteen inch type deer, um, obviously with a chance of something bigger. But being content with with a 200-inch type deer or better, um, and I'm not talking 170-inch deer with extra points. I'm talking, you know, a, a 195. Right. Yeah, 195 big deer. Um, you know, two, and, and guys get so confused with this. I talk to so many hunters every year, and they just, they want to break that 200-inch mark. I want a 200-inch buck. And there's small 200-inch deer, and there's big 190-inch deer. Sure. Um, you know, there's just when it's all two, framed up deer, it's it 195 inch frame deer is different than a 170 with 20 inches of trash. Exactly. And you so, put them side by side, and they're not even in the same league or category. They may score exactly the same on a gross score, but they're just two yep. totally different beasts. Exactly. Not even close to the same caliber of deer. What do you um, What do you look at like the archery hunt when you're looking at the strip archery? Um, anything you know, jumping out at you as far as, as the archery hunt this year? Well, I, I was just reviewing the, what it took last year to draw. And it looks like 14 as a, as a resident and 13 a, and then it took, uh, it looks like 16 and, and 13 B. Um, I, I really like those hunts. They're phenomenal. Obviously I went and killed a, a 220 inch typical last year in there. That's, that's giant. Um, but, I, I think they're phenomenal hunts. You get first crack, you know, probably three deer are going to die by the time the archery hunt starts with the statewide tags, but that's, that's every year, you know, that's, that's right. typical. You're not going to get um, around that. Exactly. So you scratch, you know, you scratch probably the three biggest deer in the unit. Um, and you got first crack at them, you know, and, and there's no telling how the hunt's going to go. You know, sometimes you might be sitting water. Sometimes you might be stalking. I mean, if we get normal monsoons, sometimes on those archery hunts, I mean, we're getting three to six inches of rain in a week. Um, you can completely scratch the water situation, and you're right to spotting and stalking. So that's why it's so crucial that, you know, if guys are picking an outfitter for the strip, you really want to make sure your outfitter's up there, you know, here in the next couple of weeks setting cameras. Because your your camera situation, you know, generally our monsoons will start about July fourth. I always count that as about our start of the monsoons when we start getting rain. If you don't, if you wait till after the draw to get those cameras up, you could be in the wet season and you miss ninety percent of the deer. Um, but if you're running those cameras the first of June through July fourth, yeah, they're not going to be the size you want to see them. But you can tell what deer is going to be big and what deer is not going to be big. So. My crucial time for scouting that archery hunt is is here in about two weeks. I'll be up on the strip setting, you know, 150, 200 cameras, and I'll have a good inventory by the time the rains hit, if the rains hit, you know, and gosh, it's been two years. I don't know why they wouldn't hit this year, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. 
What do you think that's going to happen on this trail camera ban idea? Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're going to regulate it. Um, I, I think it's going to go into effect and probably just a guess is going to be the quarter mile rule of water, I think is what's going to happen, which I don't know is, is a good thing. Um, I'd rather see them all go away than it. it and I'm not opposed to certain units and, and that, that being obviously the North rim, um, the strip, I would love to see some mystery back on the strip. I mean, that's my disappointment of cameras because we know what's up there and, you hardly have any mystery. You know, I'm not driving down a road expecting to see a 260 inch deer come running across the road on me because I know where one's at or I know where, where there's not one. So I, I, I do, I would love to see the cameras up there just go away. Um, certain units down South and, and some of this general unit stuff, I don't mind. I don't think it gets the pressure guys running salt licks on coos deer and stuff. I, I think they pick and choose and, and select the older deer and they're, they're able to harvest some great bucks that way. But uh, the competition on the strip with the cameras, I think, is has got to see some regulation. So I, I think there'll be somewhat of a regulation set. You know, I guess they're meeting this week on it. Let's talk about some of the other um, deer hunts that you do do. Um, you know, we've talked about the Kaibab. We've talked about the strip. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the 12B hunts. Um, any other hunts out there you do as far as deer in Arizona? Yeah, you know, the the Kaibab's got that champ on. I was just talking with a guy that's, that's uh, well, as far as last year goes, he's guaranteed the tag. And I think that champ hunt on the Kaibab for anybody with a champ tag is, is just a phenomenal hunt. So um, outside of that, I pretty much stick to just the OTC stuff. Uh, I will book some December south of the Grand Canyons hunts. Um you know, there's a couple units that have December hunts this year, but other than that, I stay away from them. Um, you know, the OTC stuff I'll do mostly just in January, just because I don't like to book ahead of time any August hunts. Uh, I'd much rather be on the Kaibab or the Strip, um, and the Strip being, you know, obviously my number one choice to be archery deer hunting. So, you know, to jump out in 6A or 7 or 10 or something like that on an archery deer hunt in August just doesn't make sense to me when I can be on the north rim um yeah that's that's pretty much the deer hunts i do kaibab and strip how did the um elk hunts shake out for you as far as um yourself drawing any tags or your family or anything um i i didn't draw any my wife didn't draw any i did have my daughter who's 12 draw her second bull tag this year so i am very excited about that um so i laid off the uh laid off booking and you know any early elk hunts because she drew a early rifle bull tag so um, wow fantastic really looking forward to that yeah and she's just yeah, so, really kind of blossoming into hunting isn't she oh she's loving it you know she she got that that late 12b west tag last year and killed one heck of a, of a buck and and uh killed a great bull when she was 10 in uh unit 10 on a late bull hunt um you know and so we're we're trying to get her in exposed as much as possible and in, into the, into the game. And she's loving it. So that'll be, that'll be a great fun for me. Um, so I, I laid off all September elk hunts because of it. Good for you. Um, Jason, your background is in law enforcement, isn't it? It is correct. Yeah. I retired from uh, Coconino County Sheriff's department. How many years? 
Uh, I got just a minimum to retire, and then uh, I did. Oh, I retired as a sergeant in criminal investigations. Did six years undercover and twelve years on the SWAT team. So, got out and doing what I enjoy now. So, Jason, your primary focus is on the strip and on the Kayabab um, for your deer guiding. You have killed over the years some phenomenal deer, not only on the strip, but, I mean, you've killed some big deer out of 12B, and, and it seems like you've kind of bounced around and, and shot some really good deer in all of those units. Um other than the strip, is there anything that's jumping out at you, you know, whether it be 12A West, 12A East, 12B, you know, late, early? Is there any sleeper out there or anything that you, you, you know, you would tell people that um, are applying with a lot of points to really watch out for a certain hunt? You know, I, I think without that being said on the North Rim, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. It's just how long guys want to wait for tags. Um is what it boils down to. I mean, do you wait for an early tag, have the chance of killing, you know, whatever buck roams the Kaibab, um, or do you wait for a late tag that's going to be a rut tag? Um, yeah, your chances are better killing something on those late hunts and the early hunts, but are you willing to wait the years it takes to draw those late hunts is, is kind of what it boils down to up there. But out, outside of the, you know, obvious 13B12s, I mean, 13A, uh, I, I I look at those December hunts every year that they pop up and pop around. I mean, 3A, 3C has a December hunt. Unit 8 has a December hunt. Um, you know, those could be phenomenal tags. I mean, 8's running 10 tags in that. And for a guy that wants basically no pressure and, and has the points to draw something like that or gets lucky and draws on the random, I mean, you got a chance of killing a really big deer out of, eight and three a three c i mean on those december hunts and you're gonna have a fun hunt with the with the rut going on um yeah so you're talking about units that are not the cream of the you know top of the top units but with the dates that they are with the potential of running what you're saying is someone could muck out a buck you wouldn't be surprised if someone mucked out a pretty good buck in both units uh, for sure not strip quality probably but you know might be scratching the door at a 200 inch buck because of the rutting time frame exactly and and there's guys that just want to kill a great deer and and every year we take guys on the carbab that uh, you, you got to hold their bullets before they're you know they want to shoot about every deer you see and you know they just waited 15 or 16 or 17 years to draw this tag and it's like man we could have pounded about eight of these in the time you waited for right for this tag so for the guys that you know want to go kill a solid 180 plus buck there's opportunity out there that you don't have to sit there and wait for the kaibab yeah. so um yeah there's some hunts that are good you know and then you know guys that bow hunt i mean there's there's some december archery hunts that are that are top notch too that you could have a good time in yeah, what do you think on this? Um, they're starting to really regulate the uh, archery deer hunts in January. Um, they're talking, you know, about pressure. I, I kind of missed a lot of this because I've been in Mexico, but what I'm hearing about is uh, they're talking about non-resident pressure on the resource uh, on those rut hunts in January, and they're talking about making a lot of those hunts a draw. Um, what are your overall thoughts about that? Um. Yeah, I've kind of stayed up to speed on that. I, I mean, I, I love archer deer hunting, and, and I've done it for forever. 
you know, I put in for the harder hunts. I pick up my bow every year and I go out and I've killed some great bucks with my bow on the over the counter stuff. But you know, the problem we face is, is population. I mean, Arizona's booming in population out of state hunters are coming and, and I, I have no problem with any of that, but we have a limited resource that we've got to manage and you can't manage something after the fact. And even with mandatory reporting, um, it's already occurred. It's like putting a condom on after you had sex with your girlfriend. I mean, it just doesn't work. Um, (laughs) you know, yeah, you've, you've got to manage your deer or elk or whatever, whatever you're managing. It doesn't matter if you're managing a business, you can't manage your business after the fact you've got to manage before the issue. And, and, and hopefully that's the way game and fish is going. Now, do I think, OTC is going to go away. Probably not for a while. I think it will eventually go to a draw, which I, I'm 100% in support of. I believe there's going to be so many leftover tags that it's not going to matter. I mean, guys are still going to be able to pick up a leftover tag, but you're going to be stuck to a unit. And that, and it only makes sense to me because you've got to manage that unit. I mean, you can't put 17,000 people in one unit. Right. Let's put let's put 100 people in there, 200 people, or you know, 50 people, whatever it may be. Um, what you're saying is the majority of people hunt a handful of OTC units and they pound that those particular two or three units where some of the other units don't get any pressure at all because they're not any good. Exactly. So by allowing completely over the counter and just, just go for it, it, two, three, four units just get hammered compared to some of the others. Exactly. And then, and then you have years like we've had the last couple of years where in December and January you can sit water and, those, you know, any doe that comes in is going to have a buck. And, I mean, just the, the amount of the success rate in, in the last couple of years is shot through the roof. Um, I know myself, I mean, I think anybody for that matter can go out on an OTC hunt and throw some arrows. I mean, that's not a problem. I mean, you're going to see bucks. You're going to be able to throw arrows. It's just the guys that are trophy hunting that might not shoot you know, a buck, but uh, you've, you've got to, you've got to have some kind of management system on, on, on our deer population in Arizona. Yeah. 100%. So that, that's, that's my opinion on it. You know, we, we're not sitting in Pennsylvania where 4 million deer get hit by a car a year. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, we just have a limited resource. Yeah. Um, Jason, it's always great talking to you on the podcast. I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know how to reach out to you. Also link it up in the show notes. So why don't you do that? Yeah, you guys can give me a call um, or send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Um, it's under Bond Trophy Outfitters, both on Instagram and Facebook. So, uh, And my phone number is linked up there if you, if you want to give me a call. Awesome. And, and telephone is probably the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome, man. It's always great having you on the podcast. Thanks for sharing. Um, I still want to get down and see that giant frame monster you <laughs> shot uh, uh, on the strip. And uh, it's always great. It's going to be heading to Reno here pretty soon for that, that convention in uh, July, July 13th, I believe. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good, bud. It's always great having you on. All right, buddy. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.